here, PHRA's Executive Director. Welcome to P4, People, Purpose, Passion, Pittsburgh. P4 is brought to you by our members and sponsors, Latitude and the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. We appreciate their support and we will hear from them throughout the podcast, beginning with the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. Especially in times of uncertainty and challenge, America needs exceptional leaders to guide our healthcare institutions. The highly ranked executive MBA in healthcare at the Joseph M. Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh is designed to empower and enable leaders to think critically, make informed decisions, and inspire confidence. Forge your path into healthcare innovation by visiting business.pit.edu slash EMBA healthcare. In this episode, Rochelle will discuss bringing the five P's approach, perspective, problem-solving, partnering, purpose, and people to everything she does. Welcome to this episode of P4 with Rochelle Nichols, the silo-slaying people person hailing from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Rochelle, excited to dig into your background and hear your story when it comes to people in the HR space. So the way we get these things started is Tell us, where'd you come from and how'd you get to where you are today? Thanks, Pete. Happy to be here and uh, happy to, to network with everyone virtually. Um, so for me, I'm a Pittsburgh native and uh, HR has been the, the, where I've spent the bulk of my career. Um, right now, I'm currently working at Thermo Fisher Scientific as a senior HR director and um, primarily working with different business leaders across different segments to help them really think about their strategy, navigating employee relations issues, um, some coaching and consulting that happen along the way. Um, but ultimately really enjoying the, the opportunity to deal with our greatest asset people um, and the many challenges, but also joys that, that come with that along the way. Nice, and in school, did you study HR? So interestingly, I started as a, I think it started as accounting and then maybe a little psychology, but Found myself, uh, found myself falling into the HR space, um, really ended up with a, a cool professor who kind of brought to life the dynamics that happen if, if you manage people resources well versus when you don't. Um, so probably by my junior year, I started taking more of a concentration in HR, um, but my background and the, the business degree itself is, is my undergrad. Um, and that's really where it started, but have been in HR ever since. And any certifications or classes along the way for continuing education, other degrees and things that have helped you out? Yeah, I did the Lean Six Sigma. So really thinking about process improvements um, and also from a pro-sci change management perspective, just did that actually within the last 18 months or so. So really thinking about how we move people through change and trying to balance that as effectively as possible. The Lean Six Sigma piece is interesting. At Lockheed Martin, they taught us, you know, green belt, black belt. And I was like, what? There's a name for the structured way of thinking? So cool. <laughs> and it's interesting to hear your take on this one. Uh, shout out to Beth Davis and one of the programs that she's taught over time uh, of Agile HR. And so I don't know if you've heard of that or not. This is not me doing a sales pitch for them. That class <laughs> changed my life. So it's worth taking, taking a look at it. And it brings in those lean, agile, scrum concepts to this uh, HR principle. Back to you, Rochelle. So <laughs> that's our, our paid programming. 
Um, so Rochelle, you're, you're in HR, you talked about, you know, working with all those different functions, slaying those silos. And I want to hear where that saying came from in your eyes, because I love <laughs> it. Uh, you know, why is HR the excitement of, of your life and where you decided to take your professional career? And, and quick shout out that you mentioned Thermo Fisher, uh, but let's not forget about your work at UPMC. Uh, at Bear and some of the other, you know, organizations that you've been with. So big players in this space. So by no means is this like your first rodeo in, in the people space. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, a little closer, more than 15 years, we'll say. We won't do exact math on tenure, but but yeah, definitely spent some time in the space. And um, as I think about the silo slaying component that you asked, um, it just really gets to recognizing that we get farther together than we do not. So we can get very hung up at times on my role, my lane, my leader, um, my goals. But if we don't really take the time to understand how they intersect and connect and how we can help each other, we'll likely end up tripping over each other or creating some duplication of effort. So I've really, um, a, a coach that I had years ago when I was at Bayer had done some research in 360s and reviewing. And, and the theme that kept coming up is, that I go out of my way to really try and build those bridges and really try to understand where people are coming from. Um, and really with an intent to be efficient, it takes a little more time up front, but helps on the back end to really build those bridges early on and build those connections and, and leverage each other. Um, Cause I truly do believe I don't have all the answers despite how long I've been in this field. So truly benefit from learning from others. Sounds like you're uh, adopting a mindset of continuous improvement. Hmm, we've seen that in some of the other- <laughs> Wonder where that came up. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. But you're actually putting it to use, right? And what's the, I think it's a, it's a quote by Helen Keller, right? Alone, we can do so little, together we can do so much. Um, that's what comes to mind as you're sharing that piece right there. Okay, question for you. So yep. think about anybody that's in this, you know, HR, people, employees, space, what do you think is top of mind, right? Hottest trend um, in this, this realm uh, right now today? So I think there's two that, that we're, we're continuing to- Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I'm struggling because one is this whole return to office and getting people back to work component, right? I think um, depending on the industry you're in, the, it's still a very real ever-present conversation that we're trying to figure out how to balance folks being remote, being on site and getting them back to, to something of whatever our new normal will be. Um, the other one is um, trying to think of what the other one was, but maybe that is my top one. We'll stick with that one for now. Okay, so yeah, well, let's dig into a little, little bit more. Uh, what has your experience been, right? You, you have tons of employees all over the, the world, right? Yeah. And betting that not everybody was able to WFX, work from anywhere, throughout the entirety of the pandemic, right? There was probably some folks that had to come in and operate machines uh, throughout the, the hot and heavy, you know, days, weeks, months. Um, but, and how did you get involved and how did you navigate that? It's not something that they teach you in HR school, right? Certainly wasn't. <laughs> um, and I think even just given the construct of our organization, there was definitely a lot of pride in bringing people together on the sites and campuses, even if you weren't in the operations manufacturing side of things. So, you know, when the pandemic happened, it truly was a game changer to really figure out how teams collaborate in a different way. Technology has been around for a while, but clearly we weren't leveraging it to the same magnitude as recent years. Um, but you're right, there were some functions like operations and manufacturing that truly still had to come to work. 
Um, in some cases, some of our sales are commercial folks to some degree, um, but for the large, by and large, most of our colleagues, um, especially at Thermo Fisher, ended up remote for, for an extended period of time, more than 12 to 18 months in many cases. And I'd say that the, the, the benefit that happened at the time was everybody had the same experience globally at the same time. So we were almost all forced to rip the Band-Aid off. Um, as you can see, I'm working from home, but that whole rawness of what happens and you know the, the interruptions are you know kind of normalized us all at the same time. So in some ways that helped. Um, I think the challenge now though, is we're in this hybrid transitional phase where there is a lot of value in what happens when you're on site or on campus or, or in the office because you have these ad hoc water cooler conversations that now don't require a scheduled meeting to occur. Um, but now not everybody's in the same days or maybe just trying to, to balance my flexible schedule and balancing the commute to and from work and all of those things. So um, it, it's a little bit of a challenge. And I think the opportunity we all have is what did we learn from when we were leveraging technology the way that we were and how do we benefit and maybe capitalize on those learnings to make sure the experience isn't lost just because now we have people in the room and people uh, remotely. Um, it's, it's interesting that we listened better when everyone was remote, but somehow when some are in the room and some are remote, we forgot how to listen again. So it's just kind of reflecting and putting some of those, those lessons learned back into practice. It's interesting that you say that because we'll, we'll talk to organizations of all sizes here, right? You know, local, national, global, small, medium, large enterprise, and nobody's cracked the code. And if you look at some of the, you know, things that Sherm is publishing, hey, we all want to do this stuff, but how do we actually accomplish it? Um, but whenever you're talking like uh, learning and development and hybrid and connections, conversations, really, really people first mindset, um, that stuff gets me fired up. We'll have to chat more about that later. Keep going. <laughs> so let's let's go into the, uh, the the hybrid world. Okay, you're still you're not going to stop, you know, working there. And you're probably, you know, having some like stay interviews, probably doing performance reviews, probably doing some feedback sessions. You mentioned coaching and counseling that you did before. What did the, the feedback conversations look like? And was it easier if it was hybrid versus in person? And did you change the process? So I'd say it depends on the person, but where possible, having cameras on helps, right? So anytime you can build that connection with somebody and it's not just this voice that you hear, um, that people can see your expression, that they can hear that you're truly listening and, and there for them, I think it helps. Um, I think it's part of the, the benefit of when you're in person, right? You have that face-to-face -face ability to read body language, those types of things. Um, so it's how do you continue to build those connections in place, even if you are virtual or hybrid and not in the same location? Um, the reality is we we did this in some ways, right? Like some of us have supported sales workforce, right? So I don't um, have the ability to fly to every person to have every conversation in for, uh, face to face. So it's, again, just being more intentional, I think, at times when you're going through certain conversations and trying to remember to build those connections where you can. So you obviously know this stuff pretty well. And I'm curious, you mentioned some of the people that helped you get to where you are now. Let's dig into your specific professional development and those, you know, tidbits. And I, I almost call them like springboards or superchargers along the way uh, when it comes to like professional advice and guidance. So two-part question. One, sure. a tip that you've received. Two, tip that you've given. 
right? And if it's the same one that you recycled over time, we're not mad about that either. Uh, but share, share that piece with us, please. Yeah, absolutely. So the one that I've been given that I'd say sticks out to me the most, um, I remember a leader that I had when I was at Bayer and the conversation was, you know, continuous to just always thinking about these big picture ideas. There's a lot, of, a lot of things going on, wanting to try and fix it, right? We, we want to do good. We want to impress our leaders. We want to help our employees. Um, and the advice at the time, and I quote was, don't boil the ocean. And it was like a hard thing to kind of hear and process like, what do you mean? I'm not boiling the ocean. I'm like, this is what needs to be done. And this is when it needs to be done. And it felt very logical to me at the time. But what that leader was really trying to say and, and to kind of make it a visual was when you think about steps, at the end of the day, you know you want to get to the top of the steps, but you can't jump from step one to step 20 all in the same day. So how do we really start breaking things down into bite-sized pieces and recognizing what's palatable for where you are? Um, everything can't be done all at the same time and done well. Um, and you can't bring everyone along at the same pace if you're jumping from step one to 20. So not boiling the ocean is really starting to break that down into bite-sized pieces and really thinking about what's most practical for now versus where you're trying to go and how do you build that in over time. That's probably the one that, that truly sticks out to me the most that I've honestly repeated back to other people as I've mentored them over the years. Like, I, this sounds like one of those pieces, don't boil the ocean moments for sure. I, I love that one. And I think it's something that all of us can be reminded of uh, time and time again, because it's easy to get so caught up in our day to day. Oh, my gosh, I got to solve all this. Hey, one, we have everybody here together. I am not alone. So get rid of that alone together sensation. I think you're yep. doing a good job of, you know, walking the walk, talking the talk towards that, but also saying, hey, this is our true north. This is where we're trying to go and letting everybody around you come up with some of those solutions. We may not even know that, hey, you know, from point A to B to C to D, and some of those solutions, we might not even need point B. We can go straight to, to C, right? But we're not going to go the whole way uh, to the end of, end of the alphabet there. Uh, you mentioned the mentorship piece right there, right? And so learning from others, helping others. Uh, what we've heard on these other podcasts is that trust and respect are really, really important foundation uh, for any of these relationships, especially in HR. Whenever you have to have those tough conversations, man, isn't it easier to have those conversations after you have that foundation of trust <laughs> and respect? Yeah. And you're not, when we, I, I did a presentation at uh, BC3 yesterday and shared a story about uh, whenever HR used to walk into the room of the company I was working at, uh, people would scurry. It's like, get out of here, HR. <laughs> it's almost like guns blazing or something. The bad guy came into town. Um, so back, again, back to this. There's a lot of asides and rabbit holes here. Um, so for you, Rochelle, how are you building trust and respect and those, those foundational building blocks? I'd say that the word that comes to mind is vulnerability. So I tend to build trust through telling different stories and showing the journey that I'm on. And I'll, I have a, a mentee that I'm working with now. And oftentimes in the conversation, I'm, I end up adding something like, okay, I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm still working on this myself. Like I, I can tell you the practical foundation steps, but here's how this plays out for me. And here's what I'm working on. Um, and really just being humble and vulnerable enough to be able to share the lumps along the way, the learnings, or even just where you're still actively working on something. Um, because it, it demystifies or, or at least creates a sense of, I'm just not here to fix something for someone else, but that I'm also an open 
uh, book an opportunity to learn as well, which I, I truly believe, again, I said it earlier, we can, we can all continue to learn from each other for sure. The continuous improvement piece comes, comes back again. And it also sounds like there are hints of authenticity in there uh, with your, your response of vulnerability and, and humility. Okay, uh, any other tips that you'd have for the, the PHRA family before we get into the uh, kind of fast fire uh, part three of the podcast? Yeah, I, I think the other one I would add is the, um, there's always an opportunity to, to uh, and it, it may come up in one of our later topics, but just to give yourself a little bit of grace because we can learn from other people and we don't have to be so hard on ourselves at times, right? So when I think about, we do want to do our best. I, I, we want to show up well and um, minimize the mistakes that we might make along the way, but don't be afraid of the mistakes. Um, they truly help edify us over time. Um, and they're not all bad. They really can help us grow and improve, but also to be a learning lesson for someone else to maybe help, help them later on in, in life or as they're navigating their career. So don't be afraid of the mistakes. Um, they're, they're not all bad. They're not, mistakes are not all created equal, right? No. <laughs> it's a, that's, that's one that's easier said than done. Um, man, I wish there's a way to just like sprinkle on some uh, self, I don't even know what that would be, uh, but so, something that we can say, hey, it's okay, right? And be able to, to move forward, right? Put it on a box, maybe a little bit of positive compartmentalizing. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Rochelle. Let's go into the third part here. So we start off with uh, a book. Right. Is there a book that yes. you're currently reading and or something that you recommend to people like, gotta read this one, get it on your list? Yeah. So there is one. And I I did I have it nearby. It's actually called mm -hmm. Humankind from okay. Ashley uh Eland. Um, and I just think about the environment we're in um around the world. It's not just um in the work environment, but taking time to recognize um the value that we bring to each other and really um, recognizing that we all aspire to be good people and kind, um, but how do we really start to, to identify and leverage the good in others um, along the way? So just kind of a worthwhile when you're taking a step back and looking to reflect, but it's, it's a good read. Humankind. Okay. We'll have to put it on the, the, the list. I'm an audible fan myself. Um, <laughs> okay. Next one. Uh, we're looking back into our past. And we're saying, hey, younger Rochelle, you pick up the phone and your younger self says, hey, who is this? You'd be like, this is the person that wants to tell you a little bit of advice that I wish that I would have known a little bit earlier. Maybe I wish somebody would have said, hey, you heard it, but actually do this. Rochelle, what's the advice that you'd give the younger Rochelle? Yeah, it kind of piggybacks off the mess, the comment I said a little bit ago about giving yourself grace, but laugh a little more. Um, I tend to be very serious um, from a Myers-Briggs for those in Myers-Briggs and an ISTJ. So um, very intense and passionate about all things that I do and trying to do them well. And um, at the end of the day, it's, it's just taking that step back to realize that it doesn't always have to be tense and so serious. And um, again, it just makes it easier to connect with people when, when you do laugh a little more. So probably laugh a little more. Yeah, and that shows a little bit of the vulnerability piece in there too, right? Letting down some of those those guards and those barriers, right? We're all we're all people uh, at the end of the day. Okay, the last one, which is a new question for season two, and has all the listeners on the edge of their seats. There's probably between you know four and six hundred fifty thousand people listening up to this point right now at any given time. Uh, what is your favorite desk toy? 
uh, that goes with you wherever you go. So I got, I have one. It's a Koosh, my little uh, stressed toy, but uh, it's also very colorful and a nice distraction to look at every once in a while when you just need something else to refocus. But uh, that's that's one that I have at the moment. Something does silly. Does it ever find itself uh, accelerating across the room, traveling through the air at certain points in the day? Not accelerating, but I will say my dog is confused as to when he thinks it's mine versus his. <laughs> ah, okay, there's 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 more sharing with all the uh, uh, members of the team at home and at the office. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks, thanks so much for your time today. A couple of notes here. Uh, you know, that the, the, the silo slaying is real and you slicing through solutions to avoid boiling the ocean is something that we can all take with us and reminding ourselves that, you know, together we can really get a lot of things done and building those bridges to drive efficiency is helpful at all stages of the organization. Always bringing the vulnerability, humility, and authenticity to us in every conversation that we go into, just being real, whether it's hybrid, in-person, remote, right, all of them and saying to ourselves that those mistakes are okay and that it's all right to not have everything figured out at the beginning and to not be perfect all the time. So Rochelle, thanks so much for your time today. Look forward to seeing you at an event soon and uh, we appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Pete. People do matter. And at the end of the day, we cannot get any work done if we don't have the right people in place. Are your people connected? Latitude is the one-stop shop people connection software platform. Our software workshops and programming facilitate new employee onboarding, manager one-on-ones, stay interviews, mentorship programs, and peer networking to increase retention, engagement, satisfaction, productivity, profitability, and happiness. Imagine a technology that intersects your calendar with LinkedIn, Zoom, Google Docs, and your CRM. Contact Latitude today to schedule a conversation. The PHRA P4 podcast was created to help build HR readers through discussions with thought and business leaders on the most critical success factor of any business, its people. If you enjoy an episode, Please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and providing us a rating. We would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag PHRA, and share it with your followers. Until next time, thank you.